at different books of the Old Testament that have to do with wisdom. And predominantly, we are in Proverbs looking at the seven deadly sins. We've gone through pride, anger, and envy, and I've learned that I have all three. What I've really, really learned is that I have the fourth one as well, gluttony. Now, when you think of gluttony, you're probably like me. You probably think of things like this. (laughs) Donuts and pizza, fries, fries with bacon and cheese, chicken nuggets, pop. Aren't you guys hungry for lunch? (laughs) I am. And gluttony can include food, and oftentimes it does, but gluttony is so much more than that. If you walk away thinking that it's just food, you may say to yourself, well, good, I don't struggle with that. But gluttony is not food. Gluttony is defined as the love of more blank. Some of us, it's more food. Or there's another vice that we continue to pursue more and more and more of. And the love of that is what we call gluttony. The author of Proverbs puts it this way. Those who love pleasure become poor. Those who love wine and luxury will never be rich. Now, that word pleasure simply means a feeling of happy satisfaction and enjoyment. We have a good God that has given us pleasure to enjoy ourselves, whether that is food or sex. For some of us that aren't addicted, it could be a glass of wine or something of that nature. There are so many things that God has given us to enjoy, to reflect him and to enjoy with others. That is not a wrong thing. But when it crosses the line from a pleasure to a love, that's when we find ourselves in that territory of gluttony. Pastor Tim Keller says it best. When we love, the pleasurable physical sensation dominates It is the deadly sin of gluttony. Let me put it this way. There are things in our lives that we want, that we like. I'll use food as an example. All of us need to eat. If we don't eat, we will eventually die. It's very normal to eat. My grandma, when she was alive, would always say, I eat to live. She didn't really care much about food. She just ate enough to live. That's wanting food. That's liking food. That's using that pleasure for what it's for. But when it crosses that line from I need it and I love it, then if you're like me, you don't eat to live. You live to eat. And you live for other things to satisfy you. It could be another person, a relationship. It could be something that you look to to give you happiness that was never meant to give you complete happiness, but to point us to the one who would satisfy us. The problem is we usually settle for the gift, the pleasure, instead of letting it point us to the giver who will give us true satisfaction. So in order to avoid this, I want to tell you right away what our bottom line truth, what our thesis is for this message, and it's this. Don't let more be your Lord. Don't let more become your God. But if you're like me, this is a struggle. It's a struggle for many reasons. And when we struggle with it and we fall into this trap of gluttony, it does certain things to our lives that I wonder if you're struggling with today. For instance, gluttony, it robs us. It robs us of of our relationship, of time with God and with others. 
One of the things that I think we're gluttonous with and we don't even know it because it's become our second brain is this thing called a phone. (laughs) Many of us reach for our phones constantly. I usually have my phone on silent because I'm trying to get out of the addiction, but I'm not kidding you. There'll be times where my phone is in my pocket and I think it buzzes. It's called a phantom buzz. And I'm like, oh, who called? Who texted me? Oh, it's nobody. I've become so addicted to this thing, I want it to go off. I love my phone. None of you would say that we are in love with it, but we love it so much that we need it. We have to have it. That's why many of us, if we leave our homes without our phones, it feels like we left a kid at home. <laughs> I probably panic more that I don't have my phone than I don't have one of my children. <laughs> It becomes one of those things, though, that if we're not careful, again, this is n- nothing wrong with having a phone. I'm not telling you to go get rid of your phones. But when this phone becomes the thing that you need the most, then we're in trouble. I mean, how often do we reach for our phone more than we reach for the Lord? When we have a need in our life, it's so easy because we have infinite information at our fingertips that we go to it to try to see what it says instead of going to Jesus to see what he says. Because oftentimes, what Jesus has to say may be a little bit different than what we research here. Or last night, we were doing a family night. It seemed like some of you also did that. I heard from you. It was kind of a crummy night. And so we let our kids pick a movie. We watched one of the worst movies I have ever seen in my life. (laughs) Is a little bit older. It came out in 2017, the Emoji Movie. Oh, my goodness. I mean, think about it. It's a movie about emojis. <laughs> I don't think I need to say anything more. And it was awful. But I'm trying to engage with my kids. We had ice cream and fun stuff. And I'm trying to really watch this thing. And yet I have my phone next to me. <laughs> and I'm, like, trying to search some things and try to hide it from my kids. My wife is over there on the couch, has a pillow up, so she, they can't see her on her phone as well. We lost interest. And again, it was a really terrible movie, but it was the whole point is we couldn't even engage with our kids and do what they want because we're so addicted to what this thing's going to say, either from somebody else or on social media or looking up a sports score, looking what the news says, what does the stock market say, all the time. We can't go without this thing. If you really know, if you want to know what you're addicted, I just had um, my screen time updated on Sunday, and every time it's there, I'm like, oh, golly, please, Lord. It was up 7% this week. I wonder how many times we have missed out on hearing from the Lord or having true relationships with other people. Thank you. <laughs> See, the, that's perfect timing. Thank you. <laughs> because of this thing. I mean, we can't even be bored anymore. We can't even be in line. We can't even interact with strangers anymore because we're always on this thing. Thank you. Again, (laughs) this is great. You might as well answer it now and say, my pastor's talking about the phone right now. And so, you know what's sad? Um, My kids are addicted to their phone. They don't really have a phone, to be honest, but they have iPads and stuff. And I don't tell them to put it down often. You want to know why? So if I were to tell them to do something that I won't do myself, I'm a hypocrite. Our kids are addicted because we're addicted. It's robbing us of our time with God. It's robbing us of intimate relationships with others. Gluttony robs us of our resources. The more clothes you buy, the more storage you need. (laughs) The more lawn that you have because you bought a bigger house, the more equipment that you need. Because you bought a bigger house, you have to furnish it. You have to put decorations in it. The more you have, the more it costs 
you. And the more that you have, the more it costs you because you don't have enough excess to give to others in need. Oftentimes when we're gluttonous, we are those kinds of people who wouldn't label themselves as cheap. <laughs> we're not cheap, it's because we can't be generous because we're so locked into our own ways that we are pursuing more at the cost of helping others out. We can't give of our money, we can't give of our energy, we can't give of our time because we want more and more for us and we don't be able to help others who need it the most. Or gluttony robs us of our health. Let's talk about food for a moment. Physical health. Three leading killers in America. Cancer, heart disease, diabetes. Now, I'm not telling you if you just clean up your diet and have a pure diet, it's all going to go away. Trust me, I understand, but a lot of it would, wouldn't it? I remember when I was in uh, about 20, 21 years old, I went to a doctor's appointment. I wasn't feeling well. I ended up having a gallbladder issue, but I was with my mom, and the doctor told my mom that I was pre-diabetic. You see, since I've been a child, I've looked at food to satisfy me. I've looked to food when I'm happy. I've looked to food when I'm sad. I've looked to food to give me what only God can give me. And I've battled my weight my entire life. And when I was the heaviest, I was this close to becoming a full-blown diabetic. And so I lost some weight. But then, because I didn't deal with the addiction of food, I put it back on. And then I got tired of being single, so I lost 100 pounds Attracted my wife, and then I thought to myself, well, I have her now. <laughs> and then I've battled my weight ever since. And you may look at me, and you may say, you're not heavy. Don't look at my physical weight. Look at what I'm going to when I'm sad. Look at what I'm going to when I'm happy. Look at what I'm going to at night when I should be going to the Lord forever need. I'm going into the cupboard. I'll never forget, I went over to Grand Rapids. That's where my mentor is. Had a great time with him, and I'm always honest with him, and as we got back, uh, he called me maybe a week or two later, and he goes, hey, I just know deep down you're not doing well. I was like, I didn't really project that. I'm like, how do you know that? He's like, because you gained weight. And he wasn't saying that to like be mean, like, hey, go drop a few pounds so you can look better in your clothes. He knew that my weight was a reflection of my health, not just physical health, but spiritual health. And there's many of us who are unhealthy in this room because we're looking to things like food and other things to satisfy us, to give us only what God will give us. And if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we're going to end up where the, where, the, where the writer of Proverbs says, Solomon, who put, those who love pleasure become poor. Those who love wine and luxury will never be rich. In other words, in the pursuit of more, you will be poor. Materially, materially, yes, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about your soul. When you love pleasure and you pursue it at any cost, you will become poor. Your spirit will be poor. I want to read an example from Proverbs that is so, so clear. And he's going to talk about drunkenness. And that can be a struggle for some of us in this room. But for others of us who don't struggle with that, I want you to insert your vice, whether it's gambling or buying too much or swiping the credit card too much or having to buy more and more, bigger and bigger. What is that for you? Insert it in for wine. If it's wine, well, this could be for you as well. Proverbs 23, 29 through 32. Who has anguish? Who has sorrow? Who is always fighting? Who is always complaining? Who has unnecessary bruises? Who has bloodshot eyes? 
It is the one who spends long hours in the taverns trying out new drinks. Don't gaze at the wine, seeing how red it is, how it sparkles in the cup, how smoothly it goes down. For it, in the end, bites like a poisonous snake. It stings like a viper. You will see hallucinations. You will say crazy things. You will stagger like a sailor tossed at sea, clinging to a swaying mast. And you will say, they hit me, but I didn't feel it. I didn't even know it when they beat me up. When will I wake up so I can what? Look for another drink. Does that not land this morning? This person's talking about someone who the damage that they're Gluttony is doing to their lives, hurting their relationships with others, hurting themselves. And they wake up and say, when can I get another drink? What does your next drink look like? You see, here's what's scary. Tomorrow never comes. Isn't it funny if you're like me? Diet starts tomorrow. It's Monday. And so I just binge. It has nothing to do with food has to do what I'm looking for satisfaction and completion and purpose in to make me feel good about my life. One more bite of dessert, one more lotto ticket, one more drink, one more Amazon purchase, one more, one more, one more. That's your mentality. When tomorrow comes, you will wake up and say, where do I find another drink? And then tomorrow comes, you're going to find another drink, another drink, another drink. It's never satisfying. I think about the prodigal son when I think about this illustration. The prodigal son had everything he needed at home with his father. His father had not quite died yet. He goes up to his dad and says, I want my share of the inheritance. The inheritance doesn't come until someone else dies. He wants more than he already has. And he gets all of this inheritance from his dad. And he goes and he squanders it. He had it all. And it slips through his fingers. And he becomes so desperate that he finds himself... In a pig pen. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, you guys are on cue today. I love it. Ew is the only response to that. But because that guy went for everything, and now that he has nothing, he wanted more, and now he's poor. That's the only place where he could find food. How many of us right now are in the pig pen? We pursued more and more, and more, thinking it will satisfy, thinking it will give us more, and then we end up in this place. None of us want to be in this place. The prodigal son never thought he would end up here. He thought he would have more and more, and that would give him what he wanted, but he doesn't have it, and now he's far worse, far worse off than he ever would have thought. You go after more and become poor. You end up like this. So why? Like my little friend here say, it's ill. (laughs) No one wants to be in this, and yet, here we are. And we can't get out. Because tomorrow we're going to say, I'm going to leave the pig pen behind, but then we end up finding ourselves there again. Why? And if you and I don't explore why we struggle with gluttony, we can never fix it. And I'm going to show you how to fix it in a little while. But if you don't understand why and get underneath of why am I pursuing more, why has it become my Lord, then you'll never be able to get out. you always go back in. There's a few reasons. One, there's fear. We are fearful that God will not satisfy us. We are fearful that if I really give this thing up, what will my life really look like? 
And so we go back to those things. Even though we know it's damaging our lives, we're fearful of what our lives look like without it because we've become so addicted to it that we need it, we need it, we have to have it. And we don't really trust that the Lord can be our satisfaction. We're fearful of giving it up. For some of us, it's control. Like you're sitting there right now thinking, okay, I understand what you're saying, but you can't tell me what to do. And you're right, I won't. My question is, in your control of wanting to do what you want to do, how is your life? It speaks for itself. And a lot of times we tell God, God, we want you to save us, meaning we want to go to heaven someday. We don't want you to really lead our lives. We're doing a good enough job here. Are you? You want to control things and you want more and more in excess? How is it working out for your marriage? How is it working out with your kids' relationship? How is it working out at work? How is it working out in your school? How is your soul? You can be in control you want. But if we don't give that up, we're going to find ourselves back in the mud. Or the third thing is we find comfort in those things. Listen, I love food. <laughs> I don't just like it. I love it. It brings me comfort in a weird way. Even though it doesn't ever give me what I want, in fact, it gives me weight gain, actually. <laughs> I like comfort. That's why when I get into a car, I'm jacking up the air conditioning. Even if it's like this, my air conditioning is going to be on on the way home. Don't you judge me. I don't want to sweat. I want to be comfortable. I want what I want because we live in America, and we live the American dream, and the American dream is get as much as you want and have comfort. How is that working out for America? How's it working out for you? If you pursue more and you don't find yourself in the mud pit, it's only a matter of time. Don't let more be your Lord. Now, how do we fix it? The answer is Jesus. Some of you are like, oh, thanks. I already know that. <laughs> no, no, no. Not the Jesus that you and I have made Jesus. Jesus of the scriptures. That's a difference. Not the one that's your BFF who lets you do whatever you want. Not the one that we just pray to when we need something. Not that Jesus. The Jesus that wants to be the Lord of our lives. He says this in Matthew 6, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything that you need. If you seek Jesus... Above all things, your eyes are on him. If you say, I want you to be my satisfaction, I want you to give me all that I have, I want to be in your kingdom, and I want you to lead me, if you say that, you'll have everything that you ever wanted. Because what you're looking for with that comfort, what you're looking for satisfaction in that thing, is leading you, leaving you short. Really, if you continue to travel and say where it is, it's an infinite thing that only God can give. And if you seek him, he will give you the peace, the contentment, the joy, the love, all the things you're looking for. It's in him. But it's all or nothing. It's not seek Jesus when it's convenient for you or when you need something or when you want something. It's seek Jesus above all else. And then he starts to change the way you think. He starts to change the way you feel. Your desires change. And then you realize, I don't want more. I want more of the Lord. <laughs> it changes everything for you. How do we do that? Here's a couple ways. Pray. Some of you are like, I've tried. Maybe you've prayed things like this. Lord, take my gluttony away. Take this addiction away. Take this pattern away. That's not how it works. It's a symptom. 
something deeper. Here's what we pray. Lord, help me to apply the gospel to this area of my life. Your grace, your strength, your way. I want that to become my everything. And then all of a sudden, when the gospel is bigger than that thing, it will slowly diminish as God gets bigger. Or ask yourself this question, what kingdom are you seeking? If you want the kingdom of comfort, have fun. If you want the kingdom of God, let me tell you, you can have so much fun. I think a lot of people think if I follow Jesus, it's going to be boring. Oh, my gosh. You can still enjoy everything, but your satisfaction doesn't have to come from something that will let you down. It won't come from something that will disappoint you. You don't have to go to sleep at night wondering if this or if that because your soul Comfort, satisfaction, purpose, meaning it's from something that can't be taken away. His kingdom. Which kingdom are you in? Chair time. If you're like me, I want to spend time with the Lord. I usually will read my Bible on my phone. Usually that leads to a lot of other things. It's putting this thing away and getting out your Bibles and actually reading it. Because in there... It will give you the freedom and the grace and the strength to realize what your life can be if that other thing is diminished in your life. So really, you have a choice. Let more be your Lord or let the Lord be your more. If you have a grammar issue with that last sentence, so do I. (laughs) But it makes sense. Let more be your Lord or let the Lord be your more. That's it. The one path leads to disappointment. The other leads to what you've been looking for the entire time. Let me pray for us. I'm going to put the prayer on the screen. You can read it along with me. Lord, there's never been a society like mine where the powerful forces of the media, marketing, and culture urge me to gratify my desires for comfort and pleasure. You died with only one possession, your robe. Oh, make me wise here, neither legal legalistically enjoying hardship for its own sake, nor avoiding it. Amen. Have a great Sunday.